Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. And we just wanted to share a couple of things with you. Um, this is a special day, a landmark, our first year as a church. I want to thank you all uh, for being faithful with your time, your treasure, um, and your talent. And God has done some amazing things in Life City over uh, this year. Um, so we, we just want to just tell you a couple of them, and we'll give you more detail at the end of the year. But I wanted to give you some. First of all, 76 decisions have been made for Jesus. We've seen 13 baptisms. Uh, some more of these salvations are going to get baptized. Now, this church, amazing, you have given. This just, just blew my mind when I looked at this. You have given over $10,000 to different missions. Um, we, that's worth celebrating. I mean, that's... And so here's what you've done. You, you, it's moving, I think, yeah. Yeah, you've supplied school uniforms to students here at the school. You've, you've provided meals uh, for teachers and school supplies for both students and teachers. Um, we've um, served in the concession stands on a regular basis uh, for the football team. Um, and one of the, did we miss one? Yeah, should be another one. Um, okay. And one of the other things that we did um, that you guys need to know is we have been a part of planting over 50 churches this year. Um, both locally and nationally. And that is a testament to you being faithful in your prayers and your tithing and your giving. Say, I've had an impact. You have had an impact. And so we are just so grateful for all that you continue to do. Um, and this is a special, special day. Say happy birthday. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to get into the word of God today. You can be seated. I'm excited uh, to be here. Um, and I wanted to really, um, as we hit this birthday landmark, to, to begin this series direction. I think it's important for us personally. Um, it's important for us um, individually. It's important for us as a family. It's important uh, for um, us as a church to have direction. We finished Battle Ready last week, and we're, what we talked about was the catalyst for Battle Ready was the fact that I think that sometimes we come in church and we get too much candy. Um, God is going to give you this. He's going to do that. He's going to give you this. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. You know, you know. We, we do all of that, but I think that we don't realize that our faith life is really a battle. It's a battle because the enemy doesn't want us to believe the promises that God has given us. And so if we know that faith is a battle, that means that we, know have, we have to know how to fight. So we spent uh, four weeks talking about being battle ready, and this week we want to really talk about direction um, and the title of today's message is It's Time to Start. How many of you know there's some things you just have to start? You, we, we spend years getting ready. Amen? Getting ready to do this. I'm getting ready to do that. We always talk about what God is going to do and what he wants to do and what he's getting ready to do. But at some point, how many of you know we have to talk about what God is doing right now? I, I don't want to always be a person that's saying God is going to do this and he's getting ready to do that as if he's not God. He's active in our life. He's always moving in our life. And I think that what we have to do is learn how to get into that divine flow of what God is doing. You've heard it said we always ask God to bless what we're doing, but maybe we need to shift and ask God to begin to help us to do what he's blessing. You know, because there's something that he wants to bless. There's something that he wants to breathe on. And I believe if we can get his direction and not social media's direction, 
um, then we can begin to move in the flow that God has for us. It, 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 our, our churches and our families begin to try to mirror what we see in society when God really wants us to mirror his word. How many of you know we should have a church, we should have a family that looks like it looks in that book? That means that we have, should have pastors that look like they look in that Bible. We should have mothers and fathers that look like they look in that Bible. We should have, come on. And so how many of you want the life that you read about and you see about and, and you hear about the things that he did through Abraham and Moses and all these people? But how many of you know God wants to work through you? God wants to do something in you and through you. And so what we have to have in order to tap into that is direction. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 says this, and, and, and this is really the catalyst for the whole series, is where there is no prophetic vision, say prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. I like the way the NLT says it. It says when people do not accept divine guidance. How many of you know God wants to give you guidance? How many of you know that things, there's things that wouldn't have happened in our lives and things that maybe would have happened to our lives if we would have just gotten God's guidance on it? You know, some pitfalls. How many of you had a pitfall in your life? How many of you have had an accident in your life? How many of you have had a head-on collision in your life? You know, and some of these things I think God, we, we maybe could have avoided, and some maybe not, but some we could have avoided had we just asked God, Do you, is this what you want? Is this what you desire? Am, am I walking out the plan that you have for me? And so he says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they do what? They run wild. So it says, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. So here's the point. God's vision for our lives provides the direction for our lives. But it requires that we get, you know, I liken it to this. I mean, we, we get in a car. How many of you are married to a backseat driver? You don't be afraid. You know, they're not going, they might hit you. They might slap you if you're sitting next to them. But even though they're not driving, they think they know everything you should do and how you should do it and when you should do it. Um, they're backseat drivers. But how many of you know that the enemy seeks to be a backseat driver in your life? When God is beginning to show you and, and reveal to you things that he wants to do in your life, he begins to put passion in your life and purpose in your life and direction in your life, you'll, have, you'll hear the whisper begin to come alongside of you and say, no, God really didn't say that. God really didn't direct that. He wants to steer you this direction, and before you know it, you're distracted. Remember, we talked in battle already. We said that when we're distracted, we become diso disobedient. When we're distracted, we become discouraged. And so that's why God wants us to stay focused. And the only way we can stay focused, get this, get this, get this. The only way you can stay focused is if you have vision for your life. Because if you don't have a direction that you are going for your life, you'll just do anything. Anything's invited in. Anything can tag along. Anything can attach you. But when you have vision, you know what to cut off. How I many of you know God wants to take your place sometimes that everybody can't go? And the, and the reality is, is that we, 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 we love people, so we wanted everybody to go with us. How many of you know, even in your own life, you had people that said, I'll be with you till the end. No matter what, I got you, I'm with you, I got you. And you look around, and you don't see a lot of those people who said, I got you no matter what. Because some people, don't get mad at them, watch this, you need to thank God for them, because some people can't go with you to the next level. They can't because they'll, 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 they will be a thorn in your side. They'll contaminate your faith. They'll contaminate the things that, 
How many of you believe God for something so strong and all it took was one sentence from somebody to ruin it? Be, well, let's be real. You know, I said we'll be a church that we're not going to, 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 to just put on, you know, appearances. We'll be realists. You could have so much joy, so much happiness, so much peace. Believe God can move mountains. And then somebody says one thing and it's like, psh, all of that faith, gone. All of that passion, gone. All of that purpose, gone. But God wants to use the vision that he has for your life to restore somebody's passion today. He wants to restore somebody's purpose today. He wants to remind you that as long as you have breath, you have life, that you have purpose, that God still has a plan for your life. That, that phrase, God has a plan for your life, is not cliche. God has something he wants to do in your life. And whether the world told you it's over, you're never going to be anything better. It's always it's going to end just like this. This is as good as it gets. You should be satisfied as it doesn't get any worse. That's a lie from the enemy. God has better in front of you. God has purpose in front of you. He's got visions in front of you. Say, I have vision for my life. This is important because if you have vision for your life, you'll know what conversations to have and which ones not to have. You'll learn when a phone call is purposeful and when a phone call is a waste of time. You'll learn when sometimes, sometimes some people it's just not worth sitting down with. Right? I mean, that's hard to hear because it's just, have you ever had a conversation and you realize at about two minutes into it, this is just a complete waste of time. We are going around in circles. But when you have vision, you don't allow yourself to be. Come on. Because vision, say vision, puts restraints on my life. There's some things, you have some things that, that will always try to attack you, some struggles, some tests, some trials, some, some addictions, some, some things that attach to our lives. How many of you know all of us wasn't born saved? See, that's the reality. We, we come in church and we act like we came out of the womb speaking in tongues. Don't, don't, be, don't be afraid of that. Some of y'all be like, ooh, what kind of church is that? But some of us, you know, you, you didn't come out of the womb knowing all the Psalms from 1 to 150 and memorizing John 3.16. It took, you know what I mean? Some of, some of you used some language that wasn't spiritual language. Some of you used it before you were 10 years old. My, my, my point is that we weren't always born, but when we get vision for our life, there's things that we'll cast off eventually. But I, I've been pastoring and in ministry long enough to know that even if you save, sometimes people will poke you and some of that old man will come out. <laughs> none of you. None, none of you. None of you. But, you know, every, you know how somebody, they just say it at the wrong time. And they catch you because there was still a little something in you. Still a little bit. They, the old mothers used to say, this, you still got some of the world in you. <laughs> but direction determines decision. Direction determines decision. Uh, I believe it's Andy Stanley who said something like this. He said that he, he refers to it as the principle of the path. And he talks about every, every step is leading us somewhere and leading us in a particular direction. And so for us, our direction needs to be what determines our decisions, not our feelings. Sometimes we get in trouble because we move by feelings and not by faith. We expect faith to reside within our five senses. And if, it, if, it, if, if God is dealing with us on something that goes out of those five senses, we have a hard time moving forward. But when we get a word from God, which is what we need so desperately in our world today, 
So desperately in our churches today, we need to hear not the voice of man, not the voice of Shannon, not the voice of the greeters, but the voice of God. And when we hear God, we need to be willing to move on what God said. Because here, can I pastor you for just a minute here, is, is sometimes God will come and ask you to do things that make absolutely no sense. You know, I got to watch some of this with my grandmother and, and my father and different things, and God would begin to deal with them and, and, and you know, go, go, go over here and take the bus here and do this. It didn't make any sense at all. I mean, why do that? And then they'd go, and there'd be a blessing waiting for them where God told them to go. <laughs> you know, I know that seems spooky to some of us now, but I believe that God actually wants to prod us to, you know, when he, he moves on our heart to forgive somebody or to encourage somebody, that he sees their blessing and our blessing in mind, but we can't hear him because we're too busy hearing the voice of the world. Vision is God-directed, but decision is up to us. So there's always God's part and our part. Are you with me still? So what he does is God puts the vision in front of you. He gives you something to go after. But how many of you know he's not going to go after it for you? So he says, no, I got better for you. I've got better for you. I've got better for you. I've got more for you. But you have what are called feet, and you've got to move forward. You know what I mean? Here's a real practical instance. I've been believing God and trusting God for a job. How many of you know if you're trusting him for that, you have to actually fill out an application? <laughs> but my point is, there's, there's always steps of faith required to walk in the direction of the vision that God has for your life. I got a vision of a better marriage than I have right now. Do you have a vision for apologizing? You know what I mean? So this direction, I want, rec I want reconciliation. So direction towards that means that I have to make a decision to forgive, a decision to apologize, a decision to listen, a decision to obey. Are you hearing me? You understand? Practical. So, so vision, God, decision, up to us. Craig Rochelle says something like this. He says, it is the small choices that nobody sees that produce the big impact that everybody wants. How many of you, if you would be honest and say there's some stuff, I know we're real open, but there's some stuff about me people don't know. There's some things I've been through, some stories I could tell, but that, that, that you couldn't handle them right now, but there's some stuff about me you don't know. You just see what you see, but there's some small decisions I've made on the inside that have caused me to be where I am right now, good or bad. And the reality is, is we want that big moment where God says, but really, that big impact starts with a lot of little moments, a lot of little, I'm going to show love even when people aren't looking. I'm going to forgive when I, I really don't have to. I'm going to realize that when I think that it's appropriate for me to look down on somebody, that I look at the cross and realize that Christ never looked down on me. What I realize is when, when you get vision for your life, it shouldn't make you judgmental or critical. What vision should do is make you realize that God did something for you that you couldn't do for yourself and that the person that you're looking at that you feel doesn't deserve the grace of God, the mercy of God, or the forgiveness of God, that you should look at them maybe the way Christ looked at you. That may... That's a different message, sorry. God is not focused on our happiness. Tell the person next to you, big surprise. But he's focused on our pursuit of Jesus. What has happened? 
if you want God to really breathe life into you, chase Jesus. So many of us are losing life because we are chasing people, we're chasing stuff, and so everything, our joy, our peace, our happiness, our security is tied to people and not Christ. But I want to refocus us on this first birthday that this church needs to be a church that pursues Jesus. I sit there, you know, all the time people sit there, well, what do you believe God is going to do with the church? He's going to help us love Jesus more. He's going to help us follow Jesus more. He's going to help us to be attached to Jesus. Well, that's it. Well, I don't feel like I can improve upon the vision that Christ had when he left. And he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'll be with you always. So I want to be a church that has Jesus with us always. And if he's going to be with us always, we got to do what he said. Y'all with me? That's not real deep, Pastor. Well, it is because you realize when you hit a test and a trial in your life, what you need is not money. You need the presence of God. You need the wisdom of God. Some of us, we strive chasing something that we don't even really need, realizing that when we get a vision for Jesus, we have everything that we need. Ephesians chapter 1 says that with, with Christ, we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So I need to have Christ so I can have everything. Maybe I should stick to the notes. Thank you. When we make happiness and comfort our ruler, our measurements in life will be inaccurate. Because we'll believe that God is only moving when we're happy. But when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you'll realize something that there's times where God will move on you to do something that you don't want to do. How many? No, vision is not always lining up with your own personal desires. It doesn't always line up with my personal desires. Well, the Bible says, Pastor, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yes, he will. But when we delight ourselves in him, he aligns our heart to his desires so he can, you know, there's, there's a piece to that. But if you also look at Jonah, God gave him a vision to do something he didn't want to do. And he did, lest we judge him, he did what we do in our lives. When God gives us vision, sometimes we run in the opposite direction then we end up getting swallowed by the fish and begging God for mercy so that the fish spits us out. And then we're still mad that God didn't change the vision that he has, you know what I mean, for our life. Some of us, your greatest peace, your greatest joy, your greatest happiness will come not when he does everything you want, but when you decide to surrender to the vision that he has for your life. It probably rests somewhere outside of comfortable. It probably rests somewhere where he says, I'm going to, in this season, stretch you a little bit. And you know what? God may ask you even to do some things that take you by surprise that you didn't plan for, that you didn't get to calculate. And God says, no, Brother Desmond, I want you to do it this way. And we have to have a tender heart towards God so we can move with him and not our own agenda. Do you realize the only agenda that matters is Jesus? Do you really understand that? Because if we don't, what happens is we end up coming to a place anyway where God shows us the only thing that matters is him anyway. There's, he'll show you that what you think satisfied you in one season will never satisfy you in this one because God is not the priority. 
that woman you've been chasing, that man that you've been chasing, when you finally get them, they won't satisfy you anyway. Not if Christ is not first. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, right? And to those who are called according to his purpose. When we have vision, we realize that sometimes along the way, the steps in those vision, in, in vision for our life doesn't always seem like it's lining up with where God wants us to go. Say, so don't get discouraged. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself because, you know, you know, when you're waiting on the call for somebody else to encourage you, it just doesn't come sometimes. You know, when you're waiting on the text for somebody to tell you it's going to be all right and it's nothing. But you have to encourage yourself and say, you know, God says all things work together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But anyone can start today and make a new ending. That's Maria Robinson. This is, some of us need to be reminded of this because we, we live our life in rewind. I know we don't have VCRs anymore, but I'm old enough to actually, I had one. And so you couldn't just like now, you, if you wanted to go back, you actually had to go past, back past. It was a little more effort to see what you saw before than now with DVDs, and you can go to the timestamp and all that stuff. You can do that before, but some of us live like that VCR. We, every time God brings us to a point closer to vision that he has for our life, we press the rewind button and keep going back, keep reminding ourselves of our faults, our mistakes, our failures. And the, the scary part is we think everybody else sees us the way we see ourselves. And so why is this important? What does it have to do with vision? Because then you begin to treat people, watch this, you begin to treat people like they view you in a way they don't even view you. And what happens is, is the blessing that they're designed to bring to your life, you reject it because you've decided how they feel about you. Quiet in here. But how many of you know all of that taken into account, you can start over today? Every day, this is the beauty of Jesus. Every day, you can just start over. Kids will say, do over. Sometimes you, you ever had one of those days where you just wanted to forget it completely? Like this, everything went bad. Work went bad. Home went bad. The food was burnt. The water was cold. We didn't have any, water was warm. We didn't have any ice. Soda was flat. Arguing for no reason. Everything went bad. It was just, you know, if I could have just not had this day in life. And you know what? After all that, I get to go to work again tomorrow and face the same thing. <laughs> but you can have a do-over because you can decide that if I have vision for my life, there may be things that come against me, but I can decide how I respond to those things. And I respond differently when I'm a child of God because I realize that, as we said, all things work how? So even if it's terrible, God can weave it together for my good. This is how you stay focused on vision. This is how you stay focused. Well, we didn't, you know, man, God gave me this call, and I've been praying for people, and I want to see people saved, and I want to see lives changed. I want my life to make an impact. And you, you, I've gone weeks, and nobody's been saved, or this or that, and you, you're feeling those things. And then God brings somebody across your path. All you did was say hello, and you opened up a conversation that ends with them making a decision for Jesus. And God is saying, I saw all of this from the beginning. I had to bring you to this point to teach you how to pray earnestly, teach you how to listen, teach you how to care. You know what I mean? 
Vision. Start. This is deep. Start where you are. You can't start where you want to be. You just got to start where you are. If you want to walk in God's direction and vision for your life, you got to start where you are. Start what? Start praying today. Well, I don't really know how. Well, just start with the Lord's Prayer. Start with something. God, help me, teach me how to pray. That's what disciples did. They walked with him, but they still say, well, we don't know how to pray. <laughs> Give me a vision for prayer. Give me a vision to hear from you. Give me a vision to surrender and walk out everything that you have for my Is this making sense of helping anybody today? Okay. So start where you are. Just, just start where you are. But God gave me a vision to have a business. So he gave me a vision to, to be a homemaker. He gave me a vision to be better than I am right now. Okay, that's fine. Just start where you are. Any day you choose, you can start something new and allow God to help you finish what he has called you to start. The reason I'm focused on this word start today is because we're always focused on the finish line. Meaning, and here's why this is important, and you have to have a vision for the finish. Don't get me wrong. But this is important. If you're only focused on the finish line, you'll use people as a means to an end. Is, is this real enough for you today? You, you, you don't want to be to the point where just... It's not about relationship anymore. It's not about how I can build you up, but it's just about how can you get me where I want to go? How many of you ha ever had a person in your life like that? You know, that th those friends that call you when and text you when? Those family members. Some of y'all got family members like that. They, they just... But here's what, what Paul said. He said something interesting. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Who started the work in you? God did it. Why are you talking about this, Pastor? When you walk in the plan that God has for your life. Is Jennifer, are you here? Yeah, you, I see you over there. God is working in your life, and the thing, that, the thing that I like about it is not what you did. It's what he did. He started, and every single one of us have that same testimony. We ought not to ever take ourselves too seriously. If we really get a vision for God, we'll stop taking ourselves so seriously. We are just like everybody else in the Bible that God had to move on and breathe on and work through in order to accomplish something in his life. None of us are too good. Come on, be... You know, I, if this was self-help, I'd come in here and tell you how great you are and how wonderful you are. And some of y'all are sweet, precious people, all of y'all. But none of us are good enough to accomplish the plan of God in our own strength. And so every now and then what God does, you ought, to, you ought to celebrate this because you know what? Then you realize it's not everything that God put on my heart is not up to me. And it will teach us how to wait. We're going to learn it one way or the other. But when we realize everything's not, how many of you, be honest, God put a big vision in your heart, but you can't bring it to pass. <laughs> There's desires, just things he put in your heart, but if it was up to you, you don't even know how you could do it. See, when you can figure out every part of how it is going to get done, that's not God. See, God will give you something that you've got that requires you to reach up, not, not necessarily reach within. How do I know? Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, 
giving you the desire and the power to do what? What pleases him. God's direction, God's vision for our life, our family, our children, our church is all about what's pleasing to him, not what's satisfying to our flesh. Man, pastor, you're preaching this on the church's birthday? Yes, because we need to be focused on him. And when we focus on what would satisfy, here's, listen, if we focus on what would satisfy with him in our vertical relationship, our horizontal relationships would be fine. Think about that. If my relationship with him is, is right, I won't necessarily have an issue with other people who have a relationship with Christ. Why? Because it, I have to practice humility. I realize it's not about me. Write this down. God is working in you. Say that with me. God is working in me. I need some, because some people, you came in and you didn't believe it. You know, you will, I know all of us are real spiritual, but you woke up and you didn't actually believe God was doing anything in your life at all. Well, I'm going to just go on to church again. Tired of this church. (laughs) Some of y'all on YouTube would get that in a minute, but... (laughs) um, you know, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of God, I'm tired of church, I'm tired of praying, I'm tired of trying. Because, you know, you know, life has drained the life out of you. But God has given you yet another. You know what? Something in you said, you know what? Even though I'm mad, I still got purpose. Even though I don't feel good, my body's in pain, I still got purpose. Let me go on to this church and hear what this God has to say. You real, I, I'm, your, I'm your pastor, but let me be transparent. Sometimes when I get on my knees in the morning, I don't actually feel like praying. I'm tired. I'm like, I don't, Lord, I've been, Lord, do you realize, I know you hear perfectly, do you realize I've been praying this same prayer to you for a couple of weeks now? You, you could move um, any, any, <laughs> that's how some of us, do. we won't admit it, but some of us are like, man, this vision God you gave me for my life, um, you want to stop by in the next 20 years, that would be, <laughs> and God says, let me remind you that I'm God and you're not. And there's some things I can't do in you now, but I'll do in you eventually. So what I need for you to now is be quiet and trust me. And stand on the promise I gave you. When you don't know what to do, stand on the promise. God, I'm not free. Yeah, but, but the, you promised me freedom in the words. So I'm going to stand on that freedom. I don't have joy yet, but you promised me joy, so I'm going to stand on that joy. You know what I mean? You, that's how we live in the waiting time. We have to, to declare and decree what, promise, what, what has been promised over our lives until we see it come to pass. That's called faith and trust. I don't see it now, but I trust. I like to say it like this. I don't know how, but I know God. God is also working through you. He's working through you. Not only is he working in you, but he's working through you. So this goes, when we're talking about walking in vision, I'm not only talking about now what God is going to do in my life, but now I want to talk about how is he going to flow through my life to bless others. You want God to move in your life? Get a vision for other people. When you you look in the mirror, but don't continue to look in the mirror. Say, wait a minute, God, how do you want me how do you want to use me on this job, use me in this classroom, use me in this home? Who want, God, somebody needs to be encouraged today. Give me a divine appointment. Let me walk by somebody and let their life be different. Let them see you through something I say or do. That's how we need to live. And then God is working for you. So many times we, we come in church and when we leave, we feel like God is just against us. 
but that's not even scripture. But do you, do you ever feel like you've been through so much in your life that God is actually against you? Be real. So you've been there like, God, come on. You know, you, I've endured this test for, for a day or two. And they say, you know, weeping may endure for a night and joy comes in the morning. Well, God is mourning and I'm still. You, you ever, do you have real conversations with God like that? Because you will go to another level in your prayer life when you take off the mask. And you just say, God, you know, no, I'm, I'm kind of upset today. What they did and what they said and how they treated me or whatever happened, Lord, you haven't come through yet. I'm kind of bothered and frustrated by that. And God is up there. He's like, okay, now at least I know they'll be honest with me. Let's move in their life now. <laughs> Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise. This is why it's important to start. Do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work end. Is that what the scripture says? What does, he, what does he rejoice to see? He rejoices when we start. God rejoices when we start. Say, God rejoices when I begin. Think about what we take joy in and what God takes joy in. They look vastly different because he's looking at us and saying, man, they had the faith to start. You know why he doesn't rejoice when we finish? He doesn't rejoice when we finish because it was never up to us to finish. I just need you to have the faith to start. I'm going to carry you through all of this. But I rejoice because you took a faith step to begin. Now, okay, now I can carry you. Come on. I know you'll listen to my word, so let me help you. God rejoices when we start. He rejoices when we start. Small does not mean insignificant. Don't miss that. If you, if you miss this, you'll never do anything. If you always equate significance to size, you'll never do anything. There's things that God has placed in the heart of each and every one of you. Let me show you. I have, a, I have a vision to see our church double in size this next year. How many of you know that that's, that's a small thing? But it's not insignificant. Because I have a vision, watch this, just that everyone find one person to reach this year. Think about, think about that. Because we're all like, man, I just, man, if I could win 10 people to Christ this year. What if you just won one? What if you took the tests and the trials and the struggles that you've had in your life and say, you know what, I'm going to invest my experience, my faith in someone else so that, that I just multiply myself one time. You changed a life for eternity. Does that make sense? Anybody, is that, did, 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 did something check with your spirit when, you said, when I said that? I mean, think, think about all the people we cross and like, man, there's so many people. Who do I talk to? Just ask God for the one that he wants you to, to focus on this year. That one might be a family member. It might, it, that one might be sitting next to you. <laughs> uh, that one might be someone on your job, but just ask him, look, just give me one. And here's the beautiful part about that. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, God does exceedingly and abundantly above all I can think, ask, 
or imagine, which means if you just ask him for one, he'll give you more than one. 1 Corinthians 9.26. I want to get excited about this, but I want to prove a point. So I want to just... So I run with purpose in every step and not just shadow boxing. How many of you know what shadow boxing is? It's where you just, you just kind of punch air and you punch air and you punch air and you waste energy and time and, and, and you're sitting there and you're huffing air and you can't hardly breathe and you've never, you haven't actually accomplished anything. I want us to be people that live lives of purpose and stop looking for the big thing. Because for some of us, honestly, that life of purpose is if you have a child, just investing in that child. It's just, it's just talking to your child, speaking the word of God over your child, just be, being a mother. It's, it's going on your job and just being a light. You, you're saying, God, give me visions and dreams. And he might do that. But some of our vision and purpose in life is to just start within the sphere of influence that we have. Let me, let me just make sure my wife is encouraged and, and my husband is encouraged. And, and does this make sense? Because let me, men won't admit this, but when their wife gives them a you can do it, it's like, it's like fire. <laughs> when, when you have, and, and even, it doesn't have to be that relationship. Even you, so everybody has that friend. You know that friend that can light fire under you? You got that one who just, they won't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. And like you, you, you're in a pity party. And man, wipe your tears. Get up. God has a plan for your life. Get up. Get off of that. Stop crying over that. It's time to move on. Y'all have those kind of friends? If not, you can, you, we'll make sure you have one before you leave here today. Everybody, you, you, you need a friend that says, yeah, I know what you're going through, but, but. God still has a plan for your life, so just go on and cry, and then here's a Kleenex, and we're going to do what, you know, what God wants you to do. Last part. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Do you know what sin easily entangles all of us? It's a sin of unbelief. It's the sin of believing that God won't do what he promised. Every single one of us in our weak moments are subject to the temptation to get entangled in unbelief. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how many hours you pray. You will have things hit you in your life so hard that you wonder where is God in all of this. But he says, don't give up. Here's what he says. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The race marked out for us. Somebody in here is weary, discouraged, depressed, struggling because you're running a race marked for somebody else. I hope that hits home. Pray and ask God what his vision is for your life and your family and stop trying to copy the pictures you see on Facebook. Stop trying to make people believe that it is something that's not. And just get alone with God and ask him, God, what is your, what is your picture? What picture have you posted for my life? What do you want? 
I'm done competing. I'm done comparing. I just want your vision for my life. The race marked out for us. But how do we do that? Fixing our eyes. This is what we've been saying the whole message. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. If I want to finish my race, I can't look at you. Here's a bigger part. If you want to finish your race, I sure hope you don't look at me. Because I'm flesh and blood just like you. I just, I just love Jesus. I mean, I just, I just love Jesus. And I, I'm going after him with all I have, but I have flaws just like you. But I fix my eyes on Jesus. Why? Because when I mess up, I can look to him and say, God, help me. When I miss the mark, I said, God, show me how to do it a better way. Now, can you identify with this? Because, see, what the enemy wants us to do is we miss God, and we just want to bury ourselves somewhere and get hopeless. And God is saying, no, you, you, that, that's why I'm here. I have a view you don't have, so that's why I'm directing you a way that you didn't go. If you look at me, I'll show you where to go. Why? He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he did what? Endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's the points that I want to close with, and then we're going to pray and eat some cupcakes. (laughs) But I want us to, to pray. There's some things I want to pray about. One, we got to run our race. In this next year, I don't want you to look at anything but what Jesus has for us and what Jesus has for you. If you, my guarantee is if you ask him, he'll show you. Not only do we want to run our race, man, sometimes we need to stay in our lane. You, you, you ever met somebody that they're involved in everybody's business but their own? And God is saying, you know what, I've got something for you, but what I need you to do is just run the lane that I have for you. Love people in the other lane, but don't try and run in their lane. Forgive people in the other lane, but don't try and run in their lane. Run your race, stay in your lane, and here's the most important part. As you're doing all that, don't keep your eyes on anything else but Jesus. Go ahead and stand to your feet. If you can, you don't have to. Um, If you're not physically able to, don't worry about it. But I'd like you to for just a minute. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And you're here right now. Before we worship this last song, you're here right now. And some of you, this is really for two, two groups of people. There's some of you who have either never made a decision for Jesus or for those who need to get back to full commitment to him. If, the, if that's either one of you, like you, you've never been saved, never, never made a decision for Christ, or you just, you know, you, you made a decision, but you kind of, you know, life got in the way, mistakes got in the way, people got in the way, and you just kind of got off the path, but you're like, God, I, I hear that message, and I just want to start over. Give me a do-over today. If that's you, lift your hand up quickly. Um, I want to pray with you uh, today. Praise God. Amen. 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 I see you. I see you. I see you. Awesome. Now we're going to pray with you after worship. And then the next thing is you're here and you're like, man, I want that vision. I want the vision that God has for my life. I'm, ty- I'm tired of chasing stuff that just it's going nowhere. And I want God's vision for my life. 
If you can say that honestly, nobody's going to embarrass you. Just slip your hand up quickly. I want to pray for you sincerely. I want God's vision for my life. You know, amen, amen. So you can put them down, and we're going to, we're going to do one more song, and I'm going to pray over everybody who's lifted their hands up, and then we're going to get out of here.